Sin Media and Arts Mission acknowledge and pay our respects to the people of the Wairarung and Bunwarung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Office Studios and our homes stand. Arts Mission respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Now it is time to get into yet another interview, another great interview with director Sharmini Kaur. She directed an upcoming musical adaptation of Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility, which will be playing at Gasworks Theatre later this month. So that is very exciting and she was a great pleasure to talk to. So I hope you enjoy this interview as well. I guess I'll start off with, um, you know, could you introduce yourself with your name, um, who you are and what this production, Sense and Sensibility, the musical is all about? Okay, sure. Uh, so my name's Sharmini, uh, Sharmini Kumar. I'm the founder and artistic director of 24 Carat Productions, which is a theatre company that is putting on um, Sense and Sensibility, the musical this month. Um, and that is a musical adaptation of Jane Austen's first novel um, with a bit of a twist in that we're trying to dig into some of the themes that are sort of there in the novel but without really being explored. And that's things like um, how, how society decides what we're worth as people and um, how that particularly feeds into global issues around colonialism and things like that. What made you want to adapt this book? Why Sense and Sensibility? Uh, I, I enjoy Jane Austen <laughs> um, and I think I particularly liked the challenge with this piece of the, the core of the piece is this relationship between two sisters um, and how you would express their different, um, different personalities and different approaches to life and romance and um, and that, and you know, everything really. So it's such different perspectives. How you would express that musically, um, as well as through um, you know lyrics and dialogue and stuff like that. So I think that was the that was the big uh, draw for me. Great, and that sort of leans into my next question, which is like, why, yeah. why did you decide to make it a musical, and how did you go about that um, about creating the music and the lyrics for it? Yeah, so I didn't write the music. Um, I, collaborate, I collaborated with a fabulous uh, musician and composer. His name's Daniel, uh, Dan, Daniel Hernandez. Um, and so he did all of that. But he's been very, um, I don't know what the right word is. Like he's, he's just been like, you tell me what you want. You, do, <laughs> you write some lyrics, then I'll put some music together and we'll just kind of, you know. So he's very um, laid back, I guess, very... Um, has, has really let me kind of direct the direction or put, decide the direction of lots of things. So um, for me, it came down to story structure first and then working out where the songs fit in. And then uh, just kind of going over it and over it, where does, what, what ideas do we want to hit harder with the music and things like that. And then um, never actually written song lyrics before. Uh, so just, just, just kind of playing around with things and, oh, look, this rhymes. and. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then getting lots of feedback from um, from Dan, from the composer, as well as we've done some table reads and things like that of it. So we've sung through it. Okay, this works. This doesn't work. All right, you, you know, your your song lyrics are too whatever, too straightforward, too boring, too rhymey, not rhymey enough. Yeah, that kind of stuff. 
yeah, the production itself is largely seen as uh, offering like a fresh perspective of the story. And um, you touched on it a little bit before, but what sort of themes does this musical focus on? Yeah, so the, the driving question, um, I think for a lot of it is how do you know what you're worth, what your value is? Um, you yourself know what your own value is, but how do, how do other people see what you're worth and how does that change based on your position in society or your wealth or your race or, you know, whatever it happens to be? Um, so that's one of the things that we look at. And it, it is done through, you know, the, the lens of it is that there's a, there's a romantic drama romantic comedy kind of aspect to it as well um but that's I think um, one of the key things at the end I mean it's not really often sort of directly addressed in adaptations of Jane Austen that she was writing at a time where um British colonization of India was a massive massive factor not just for India obviously but also in Britain like um you know their supply of tea which is what we think of as this like purely British thing you know, wouldn't have happened like the tea came from China and the money to buy that tea came from India and it was all kind of linked in the way in the way that um, that Britain had situated itself in the world at the time. Yeah, and also at the time there were things things that were happening that Austen doesn't touch on, but but I, I, you know I think she would have expected her original readers to know about like. Um, uh, sugar boycotts to protest the trans transatlantic slave trade and things like that, um, that were part of the world um, that she was writing in. And I think that her original readers would have known about and kind of um, projected onto, onto their situations that we're less aware of because we're reading, you know, 200 years later. Yeah, and those things like you know, colonization or now like that um, decolonization that can be very relevant today. And also, like you said, like knowing yourself and those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think with Jane Austen, the personal is always political and vice versa. Like whenever she, she doesn't address big, big issues directly, but um, there's always these questions about society and about money and about value, about property and, and that kind of stuff that, that are always just sort of just around the edges. And I think we just wanted to pull them in and, and, and make them a bit clearer um, in, in our show. Yeah, sure. And um, how was your experience directing this production, um, especially knowing that you had to postpone its release a couple of times as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That has not been fun. The postponing is not fun. Um, look, I, I, we've, we've got a fabulous cast, so it's an absolute delight to work with all of them. Some of them have been on board since the beginning, like um, since we were actually doing table reads, and then some really sadly because we um, had to postpone, have, you know, for, for have had other things going on and haven't been able to continue, so we've had to bring in new people. So that's sad to, you know, lose cast that we've worked with, but also, you know, um, we still found great people that we're working with. Um, it's a, it's a musical is much more collaborative than a lot of the theatre that I've done in the past. So, you know, if it's a straight-up theatre piece, it's just dialogue. It's usually just me and the actors. Um, but when it's... Um, a musical then I have to you know work with 
um, musicians and work with a choreographer um, and and that that as well. And look, the people we found are fabulous. A choreographer particularly um, is, has been really great, really patient um, and really helpful. Um, but yeah, I love. I actually really enjoyed the collaboration. I'm not one of those people that's like, I want this to turn out exactly this way. You must do it that way, otherwise you'll all be in trouble, kind of thing. You yourself, I mean, you're also a doctor, so um, as, like working full time as a doctor, how? Um, what makes you so interested and what drives you to take part in both that field of medicine and the arts as well? I mean, there's one level that's like, I, you know, I love exercising the artistic part of my brain and the creative side of it. Um, and uh, but that is is not paying the bills, shall we say. Um, <laughs> so that's like one fairly superficial reason why why I'm still here at my office. Um, but no, it's also that I, I do like exercising all the different parts of my brain that, it, that there's a kind of more um, problem solving. Oh, it's all problem solving, like problem solving in different kinds of ways. Um, and I kind of think that the more the more you do different things, the more the things you learn from that, you can bring that to the other things that you do, if that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I like medicine is, is I mean, it's, it's a science, but it's also really about dealing with people. Um, and the stuff that I, you learn from that, that, that you bring into to working in, in theatre um, and vice versa, that there's certain, certain levels of empathy and ways of dealing with people and giving feedback and um, yeah, that, that, apply to medicine as well just and just I think um, the fulfillment of doing lots of different things for me anyway I like to be busy I like to exercise all the different parts of my brain yeah great <laughs> um and just as like as as somebody who is about to go into full-time work and sort of do this like volunteering with um Arts Mitten and on community radio like on the side I'm just like wondering like logistically when like when did you sort of like do um both things did you do it like after hours on the weekends that sort of thing uh yeah so look I guess that the great thing for me is that because um I've been able to get work that has been flexible enough that I can take time off if I've needed to um or you know flexible enough with hours that if I leave an, early, an hour early today in order to do something um, that needs doing this week that I can make that up another time um, otherwise yeah and I'm, I'm pretty but but in general I do try to try to make sure because the the, the, theater, the theater world there's people who do have to have to work full time um, to support themselves and that's just you know life um, so we make sure that all our rehearsals and things are after hours um, on either in the evenings or on the weekends just to, to accommodate for people who um, are studying or working or whatever it is um, at this stage yeah and it's, it's hard like it is hard work like we, yeah it's just it's busy right it, you work full time and most people will go to the gym and then go home or, and crash in front of the tv but you do something else instead that requires a little bit more um energy and focus and stuff like that but I think it's worthwhile yeah for sure yeah if you love it then of course that's it yeah, yeah. that's it if you love it if you love it then it's worth it yeah and just as a like a, a bonus question since it is an adaptation um what is your favorite book right now oh my favorite book right now um um oh okay 
All right. Uh, my favourite book that I have read recently is a book called Gideon the Ninth, which is like a science fiction fantasy warrior nun in space, lesbian warrior nun in space uh, book. And I have had a mental blank on the author, author's name. It's called Gideon the Ninth. And I really recommend it if a lesbian warrior in space sounds like fun to you. That sounds sick. That sounds amazing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, awesome. And that is all my questions. So thank you so much again um, for taking the time to do this with me. And yeah, um, looking forward to seeing the production as well. Great.